Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here as usual with Ryan. Uh, Ryan, how are you today, mate? Mate, I've got to tell you, I'm a little bit perplexed. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how do I get my players to, uh, to get the ghost points that Nathan Cleary does? How does that happen? How do I apply, <laughs> how do I apply for that? Uh, mate, well, the trick is um, you just buy Nathan Cleary instead of buying uh, players that aren't Nathan Cleary. Right, that would have, that would have made sense. Mm. Yeah, it probably would, probably would have been a good strategy instead of maybe Jamal Fogarty. Oh God, mate! Don't even. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there, mate. Because I, I, I thought I figured this year, like, because I I never start with Tedesco. Like that's always my thing. He starts slow. I don't get him. And this year, I just went. You know what? He's got to be the upside. He always gets the ghost points. I'll um, I'll get him instead because he usually benefits from that ghost point stuff. And he's got what like seven tries in four games, and he's only averaging like sixty four. So, <laughs> yeah, leading try scorer, and he's yeah, just not really kicking on, is he? Oh, it's because he's not getting the ghost points, man. Because yeah, exactly, everybody started with Cleary instead of Teddy this year because they couldn't afford both of them. All the stat keepers. So, mate. Uh, anyway, there's enough. Uh, I'm sure we'll speak enough about Cleary uh, as we get there. We might dive into our teams and and uh, see if we can't make this one an interesting and snappy uh, podcast, eh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first game on the Thursday night is Rabbitohs versus Broncos. Uh, Rabbitohs obviously lose Cody Walker, which shouldn't really be that fantasy relevant, but uh, Colin Matungi obviously drops out with a two-week suspension for trying to Batista bomb somebody. So, (laughs) mate, uh, what are your thoughts? Obviously, we're not buying Jacob Host. We learned our lesson Round one, but uh, if you had Colin Matungi, are you selling? I mean, uh, is say like you hadn't bought someone like a Sam Walker yet? Yeah, I'd definitely be considering it. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't really kicked on like we thought. He's been fairly disappointing. That said, like his break even is only twenty nine, but yeah, he is out for quite a while. I don't know if um, if you want to. Did it? Is it a two or a three week suspension that he got? It's two. It's two weeks. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd lean towards selling if there's a good, uh, you know, cheaper option available. Well, what yeah. about you? Yeah, I think if you don't have O'Sullivan, Walker, you would sell. Mm. Uh, but if you can, you know, a lot of teams have, say for me, for example, I've got to leave one of O'Sullivan, Walker, Jacob Little, and uh, I guess one of the other guys out this week. And so they're all sort of pretty good. And that's without even starting a guy like Alvaro or... Uto Okamanu. So in that case, you probably could hold him. Mm. But, um, yeah, definitely if you don't have one of those really good cash makers, you can jump on there. On the bench, obviously, we've got Hawkins coming on as the utility with Marshall starting. Don't muck around there. That's that's the same sort of thing as that uh, Dietz from Bulldogs who came on and played like 20 minutes and scored single digits and then disappeared. So don't uh, don't muck around with him. There's not really much to say from this Rabbitohs side outside of maybe, I guess, uh, Reynolds going ham as predicted, maybe not, maybe better than what we expected. Yeah. And, uh, Latrell doing not that. Yeah, no, I mean, um, Reynolds definitely better than we thought. We knew he'd, he'd probably go well, and we had him marked as, a, as our buyer of the week. And, and I still think he's a very good buyer. Still sub 700K, still going to be doing a lot. And, uh, yeah, Latrell's been... I don't know. He's been a little bit um, more of what we expected now. Like he's still getting those, you know, try involvements, but not really putting up big scores like we saw from him in round one. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, I think he's looking a little bit more like what I expected him to to look like. But, um, I mean, still, you wouldn't be unhappy if you started with him. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a good lesson in small sample sizes mm. uh, where you don't trust around one score and try to project that out across the whole season. You've got to give yourself a little bit of a sample to actually work with in terms of working up floors and ceilings. Damien Cook's a little bit funny. He's sort of going big score, little score. There's certainly no rush to buy him at the moment being that, I mean, we're not quite coming into origin time yet, but he sort of could score 35 or he could score 85 this week. But with a B of 52, I sort of wouldn't be rushing to grab him. Yes, uh, Cookie has been a little bit of a roller coaster, hasn't he? It really depends if he uh, if he has one of his trademark big attacking plays or not. Because I guess with the way, with how uh, good Souths are this year and their attacking prowess, he isn't really needed to do as much defensive work because they're in possession so much and, and doing a lot more. So like, maybe that's contributing a little bit to it. But um, yeah, probably not a rush to get him in. Yep. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we've got Asako with a low score. I think we sort of highlighted with him that you should probably temper expectations on on that, and that's another tough matchup here. Uh, Richie Kenar's coming in for uh, Herbie Farnworth, who's out this week. Uh, Milford put up a, a really good score after us sort of recommending people to hold him f- off a 20-something the week before. Um, Payne Haas was pretty underwhelming, though. Yeah, I think I said to you, like, I was wondering, did Payne and Tino swap jerseys for the week? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he was he was not uh, not the Payne we expected. But, I mean, that mm. said, it is his his first game uh, since last year. So maybe, you know, it just takes a little bit for him to get back into it. Yeah, I think maybe uh, what happened is when uh, Tino stood over him in State of Origin and showed him who was boss, maybe he stole of his powers. Bit of Space Jam action, you reckon? Yeah, that's it. Um, mate, outside of that, TPJ only played 30 minutes off the bench last week, which I thought was quite odd. Uh, so his B was really, really low, and now it's back up around sort of where it should be, um, which I guess is a good example of why you don't jump onto guys that are just randomly scoring a bunch of attacking points. Um, Pangai is one of those guys who does go up and down. That's the t- style of player he is. Uh, Ricky gave us a nice little boost as well. So, um, yeah, mate, is there anything particularly fantasy relevant here, Broncos-wise? I mean, Carrigan's having a rest, but most people shouldn't have Carrigan. Yeah, no, hopefully not. Um, yeah, no, uh, I mean, Turpin's been good. Uh, Ricky's been good. Yeah, no, just a lot of just keep holdings here for the Broncos, I think. Yep, sounds good. Um, obviously, we're not buying Dearden or Croft or Milford at the moment. If you got Milford, just keep holding him through whatever's going on with this Broncos shenanigans, but I reckon we can move on to the next game. Yep. So with the Warriors versus the Seagulls on Friday, first game, we are seeing a couple of changes to the forward pack for the Warriors with Tohu and Leeson starting with Bunty and Adam Fanua Blake both out. Obviously, Adam Fanua Blake got that pretty big ouchie on his knee. Uh, Murchie comes into starting back row spot in that scene, sees Evans and Curran and... Tom Ailey come onto the bench. Um, what uh, obviously we're not mucking around with any of this stuff, but Lisa Army has been doing really well. Yeah, you've been you've been very happy if you started with him. He's uh, he's really kicked on. He, he really helped getting that try in week one to to get his price moving, and then just since then he's been basically 
uh, what we expected, you know, um, even getting a few more minutes, probably got a few more minutes last week because of uh, Fenua Blake's injury. But, mm. uh, yeah, it gets a start this week and, yeah, just keep riding his price rises. Yeah, I think uh, we'll be definitely having to pencil Fenua Blake in to the buy uh, watch list as well. He's going to come back with a pretty high price point. If he gets under that 600K, he could represent some nice value there. Yeah, like I know he's not playing this week, but he would have had a break even at 68. So, yeah, definitely a little bit of value there if, he, if he's got a five in front of his name. Yep. Um, I guess the other one that we need to talk about is Tohu. I've seen a couple of people looking at bringing him in. I guess the, the argument that I would make against that, and I even mentioned bringing him in for myself as well, is um, his price doesn't really change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Like he's one of those guys. He's very consistent, isn't he? Um, but you're you're really paying for what you're going to get, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and that's uh, a but, good thing around, say, state of origin for the end of the year. Yeah. But like over the next six or seven weeks, his price should stay about what it is now. Yeah, exactly. Unless he, you know, he cops an injury of some sort. But if he if he keeps playing the role he's been playing and keeps scoring the ways when he's been scoring, his his price not really going to move. It's going to be where it is. But I mean. You know that said, it's it's hard to find a good middle at the moment. So mm. if if you really if you if positionally it makes sense to you, I, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't recommend against bringing him in either. No, yeah, you're right. Um, on the other side of the ball, we've got Saab there ticking away with his single digit scores. <laughs> Man, he's bad. How does a winger not make it to double digits? Look, look how big he is though. That's the thing. That, like, like he's massive and he just doesn't do anything. Like. I'd be so fru- I'd be so frustrated, um, but uh, I guess the other one's Dylan Walker. He's really really cheap now, almost to the point where once he didn't ends up back at centre, I'm going to be forced to have a look at him as sort of a bench cover option, um, because if he gets under that 300k, he does average in the low 30s when he plays centre. So it's something to have a look at once he gets back there. But even then, like I mean, I'd have to be pretty desperate, I think. Uh, but yeah. Tommy Turbo is at least another week by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, you'd really want to see. I mean, you'd you'd want to at least see a week with um, Tommy Turbo back in the manly side, see if he can actually add, uh, you know, any attack to this team and give that would lead you to believe that Dylan Walker's actually going to get to that uh, mid thirties average at center. Um, because man, he's been so bad at fullback. You can definitely tell he's not a fullback, eh? Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, not a whole lot of. Uh, fantasy stuff going on here outside of uh, Josh Schuster. Yeah, no, hopefully he recovers from that hand knock that came up in the early mail. I think by the looks of this, he'll play. They don't really have any better options anyway, but um, May Gerbo's fallen off a cliff. If he manages to actually work out what's going on, he's a great value. Yeah, if he can somehow get back to uh, what he was, but, man, he's uh, he's just such a plotter, isn't he? He just <laughs> doesn't um, – not churning through the work as uh, much as what he used to. Well, there's that, and also he's not really getting any sort of attacking stats at the moment either. Usually he's good for the odd little try assist or something like that every sort of so often because Manly is so bad, he's just not getting them. And even the defensive work, he only made 28 tackles against the Panthers somehow. I think what happened is when um, old mate got injured, maybe he went out and spent some time on the edge. Mm. Uh, I don't know, but uh, but I don't think so because they had Gachevsky, so... Yeah, I don't understand how he only made 28 tackles. Maybe he was standing behind the sticks for too long. Yeah, well, that's possible. <laughs> so, yeah, no, definitely. But you think, you know, you look at a, a thing and go, all right, there's a lock here. He's averaging 120 metres and 40 tackles. 
he should be averaging above 50, but he's not. He's yeah. still a little... Playing 80 minutes too. It's, I don't know, yeah. it's surprising. Yeah, if he can get back, because he was 58, 59 at one point there. So certainly keep an eye on him and see sort of once Tommy comes back what he looks like, maybe one for the black book. Cade, Cade Cust is uh, relegated to the bench again somehow. Anyone with Lachlan Croker probably definitely needs to move off him this week. Anyone that's still got him? Yeah, he really hasn't uh, performed to his historical PPM, has he? He's uh, really, you know, relying on a try or something to get his price moving again. But, yeah, definitely look at moving him on. Yep. All right, I think we might move to the next game, which is Panthers versus Raiders. Uh, So Crichton's named at fullback again, naming Burton in the centres again. Uh, They're actually 1-17. to So uh, Panthers side of the ball, obviously Cleary doing amazing. Uh, this is the first real test for the Panthers this year, though. Yeah, I mean, all of us non-Cleary owners are hoping that this is the week that someone can actually keep him below 90 or 80 <laughs> for a change. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, if any team's going to do it, you'd hope it'd be the Raiders uh, with the, uh, you know, just the, the staunchness of their defense. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really been just heartbreaking for those of us who chose not to start with him because, you know, pretty much if, if you started with him, you're you're basically flying for the most part. You Probably most of the top 1,000 have Cleary, I'd imagine. Yeah. I think the big thing is with him, though, say that game in round two against the Bulldogs, he was running low and then there was that pass that sort of went a bit askew and he picked it up and sprinted 50 metres and broke a couple of tackles right before he got knocked out. Uh, but that play was worth 20 points. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, he was probably about 60, which is, you know, you'd take that as a non-owner. Like, I don't... I'm not expecting him to average, you know, like when I say, oh, you know, I'm not getting Cleary because I don't think he's going to go up. I was expecting him to average 70, yeah, but, but not 90. <laughs> yeah, that's just insane. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we get some regression back to what his average should be, which is low 70s, and we can see some, you know, 58, 63 type of scores from him, which, you know, you'd take as an owner, but, it'll get get us back to a level playing field rather than the people that decided to start with Cleary that actually, you know, and, and, and sort of had the rest of their team good as well, but made that decision getting it just a, a gigantic leg up. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, on the other side of the ball, we've got Tarpany back in, which sees Louis drop out again. Yep. CHN's floating around in the extended reserves there, which is interesting. But, I mean, Tarpany's another one that probably needs to go on the keep an eye on it list. Yeah, what's, uh, what's he at now? So his B is at 71, uh, but okay. he had a 74 and a 48 in 42 and 41 minutes, respectively, without tries. That 74 was obviously there was a lot of attacking stats in that. And then the Sharks game where he sort of put up a – a respectable sort of game for a, a lock, I guess. Uh, 27 tackles and 150 metres is pretty good in 40 minutes. And then obviously the 14 in 10 before he went off where he was on track for another pretty good score against the Warriors before he got injured. So he's certainly another one where if I can get him at 610, 600, 590 something, I'll be really sort of poking around there, particularly if it's, you know, if I'm looking at Alvaro peaking and, three or four weeks potentially, and then I can get Tarpany and it's only a 50 to 100K upgrade, something like that I'll I'll be interested in having a look at. So I've got AFB and Tarpany as my sort of eyeball guys because obviously neither of them are going to play Origin as well. So um, outside of that, we've had a couple of questions on Ryan Sutton this week. Uh, 
both through our socials and in my Facebook inbox as well. So, um, mate, to Sutton, I guess a big concern for me is whether you're starting or on the bench, the Raiders rotation doesn't really, it sort of doesn't really matter. Mm. And I just, I'm looking at that team and I'm seeing an 80 minute hooker, two 80 minute back rowers, and then Papali, Ryan James, and Tarpany, and and Sutton. Um, I think most of those guys are going to be floating around the 45-minute mark um, with Papali playing sort of 50. And Sutton has sort of benefited from two tries in two 60-plus-minute games the last two weeks. But before that, he played sort of 38, 37 minutes and scored sort of 26, 27, 30 type of thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's the type of player Sutton is, though. You know, he's a he's a big minutes uh, workhorse, and if he was at any other club, he'd probably be getting that role more consistently. Um, it's just that, yeah, Sticky's never really shown much um, desire to play him in that role consistently, and in fact, he hasn't really showed a whole lot of desire to play a lot of props in the same role week to week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Papali's sort of minutes always fluctuate, uh, you know, a lot throughout the season, and. Um, yeah, and then like looking at that bench as well, I can see a four forward bench there for the most part. Like Starling has been coming on playing hooker, and Hodgson's been moving to lock the last couple of weeks. Even if you know Starling only got five minutes last week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I without the help, and, and you've got to remember as well. Two weeks ago, you know the Raiders did lose basically basically their entire bench for um, for Sutton to pick up uh, those big minutes. So uh, and Tarpany back this week as well. Uh, yeah, and he's already at six hundred k. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if it's something I'm messing around with. If he was like four ninety eight, five hundred, sort of in that that bracket, I'd be inclined to maybe give him a, a crack. But yeah, I think he's we've missed his two big price rises. Mm. I think that's pretty much it from this game, really. Papali's sort of sitting there in that really interesting price in like the mid six hundreds. But I guess same thing coming into Origin, he hasn't really done anything. He's not playing that high fifty minutes role. He's playing the fifty minute role where he yeah. had like 52 and he's sort of not really a buy at that point. Yeah, he's uh, – yeah, I, I mean, like it's understandable as well with like the amount of middle depth the Raiders have currently. Like, it makes sense not to run him into the ground, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, from a footy sense, it makes it makes perfect sense. But I guess from a fantasy thing, it just means we've got to keep an eye on his price, wait for him to go through the origin period and then maybe snavel him up as a, as a late sort of run home guy – and sort of see if that makes sense at that time. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm pretty good to move to the next game. Yeah, let's uh, go to the Gold Coast. Cool. All right. So Gold Coast and the Knights minus their spine. Uh, so, <laughs> obviously, uh, Titans only really lose Anthony Don with that hip injury, which looked way worse than apparently it actually is. Uh, so pretty simple. Kelly comes in and Sammy goes out onto the wing, um, which arguably is maybe even their best side like this. Um, Tana Boyd still at six, but Ash Taylor floating around at 21. Outside of that, unchanged. So, obviously, Fogarty did the dirty on us this week. <laughs> um, but he's almost lost too much to be a sell at this point. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like the original word from the well, – what we heard from the NRL physio was that, you know, thigh strain is going to struggle kicking. But uh, I, I know uh, you, you told me earlier today that apparently it was just a cork. So Yeah. Um, apparently got it in the first minute of the game. 
Oh, which explains great. why he was just sort of limping around, not really doing much. And, and you know, the big thing is the outside of this, and I, I like to thank, uh, I think it was Zane O'Neill on our um, Facebook page who sort of, I was basically resigned to su- selling Fogarty and he basically told me off this morning, which was good. Um, <laughs> but um, he's got two 60-plus scores and a 35 or 34 where he didn't really need to do anything. So really outside of this cork, which, yeah, he obviously limped through 50 minutes of football, made five missed tackles, which is three more than any other game. And, in fact, he only had two missed tackles total for the year up until that point. So um, I think we can probably just give him a pass for this Raiders game. And, in fact, if you don't have Fogarty, he sort of enters by territory now. Yeah, exactly. Like if I, if I was to sell him this week, I'd – I mean, if I wasn't an owner, I'd probably be looking at buying him next week, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's tough, but uh, I think you got to kind of got to wear the set, uh, you know, just wear that seven-point score on your chin and and keep rolling on because uh, assuming he is he is kicking and he's fine this week, um, I think you've got to hold him. He hasn't had any try involvements yet, um, and, and you know that is coming. Like last year, he had a 60% try assist rate, so you know there's got to be some type of regression to that median. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I, I was pretty keen on trading him to Moses this week. I'm not going to lie, but I think I'm going to hold him now. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I uh, got a bit of a rush of blood trade rage this morning and then <laughs> got talked out of it. So, mate, uh, even though Fodawake has been on the bench, he's sort of plodding along really nicely. Obviously not a buy, though. And um, Dave Fafita is doing amazing stuff, so he's averaging over 70. Um, is he a ca- potential captaincy option this week against this uh, week in Newcastle side? Oh, yeah, that is a, that's a good shout. It, definitely, I'd, I'd, I'd say so. It's what, he'll be attacking, attacking uh, what, Shibasaki, I imagine? Yeah, I'd say it'll be Shibasaki and uh, stuff um, on Toa. Hmm. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he's definitely an option if you don't have Cleary. Um, but, you know, that said, it's also Angus there or... Uh, Pappenhausen. Yeah, Pappenhausen <laughs> against the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, so, mate, uh, yeah, obviously Fafita's doing great. If you don't have him, what I want you to do is just take a moment and think about how obvious it was that you should have bought him before the season started. <laughs> And just let that image be etched into your brain so that next year when there's someone that's so obvious like this one was, you buy them and don't forget. <laughs> just marinate in your failure and then don't do it next year. But um, <laughs> no, mate, uh, if you don't have Fafida, I definitely would be trying to get him in, uh, but his price is going to get out of control pretty fast. Yeah, he's already more than Angus. <laughs> yeah, so even though, well, he's averaging nine points more than Angus, so it's uh, it's probably got something to do with it. It's yeah, he's been fantastic, and he's sort of doing everything we want from him. He's sort of cut out those low games as well. Mm. Even that game where he just came out of hospital and he was playing on one leg, he averaged, he managed to score sixty points in seventy minutes. So yeah, no, he's he's going really well, and yeah, I'm glad I've got him. Yeah, I probably just killed him now, though. <laughs> um, all right, on the other side of the ball, obviously the Knights have got Kalen Ponga back. Perfect timing because they lost everybody else. Uh, so they've lost, uh, I guess, the big ones, Kurt Mann at 5'8 with Connor Watson coming in from, a, I guess, a fantasy perspective. 
and that sort of disrupts their bench as well. I think this is really good news for David Clemmer. I actually had a bit of a look at him last night. Uh, 60-something minutes for 50-something points is about where he's sitting, like sort of hot mid-60 minutes for mid-50s, and I can see him potentially getting that with this bench. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Knights have basically just run out of first graders with all the injuries they've gotten. So they've been forced to pick guys like Chris Randall and, you know, get Brody Jones back into the team just to just to fill out a, a first grade side that had some NRL experience. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I mean, we've seen what Clemmer can do in the past. He's certainly capable of playing big minutes, um, you know, 719K, possibly a good middle target to look at. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play Origin just based on the style of uh, forward that Freddie's going with as well. Uh, mm. They really can only take take one of those, and I think it's Haas. So, um, yeah, I definitely think he might be a good guy to just sort of get in and, and shore up your team if you're looking for somebody in that price bracket. Um, obviously, Jaden Browley's doing amazing, but Paul, uh, not Paul, um, Mitch Pierce is going to be a big loss. Yeah, he is. He's definitely going to be a big loss. He's been playing quite well. Um, I mean, it's pretty handy to have Blake Green there to slot straight in, but you've got to wonder as well, like, how how fit's he going to be? You know, like, he obviously wasn't fully fit last week. Otherwise, they would have put him straight onto the field when, when Pierce uh, got injured, but they had to really wait until that last 30 minutes to get him out there. He probably wasn't ready to play, you know, more than 50 minutes yet. Um, and now he's been thrust straight back into this starting role where he's going to be expected to lead the team around, play 80 minutes. Yeah, uh, trouble signs for the Knights, but great to have Ponga back for them at least. Yeah. Um, well, as far as Ponga goes, are we looking to buy? Oh, I mean, if you need a wing fullback, I suppose he's. But I mean, for me, I'd, I'd rather I'd, I'd like to wait a week at least and see see how he is, see how he looks coming back from that that layoff. Um, and plus, like if you've got. Like, I mean, I know we're the same. We've got Tedesco, Pappenhaus and Laurie in our back three. Like, it's probably not a rush to get him in. Probably just a wait and see for me at least. Yeah, no, I think I agree. Um, all right, I guess we might move on to the next one. We're ripping through this pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, Frizzell had a bit of a low game, but obviously if you have him, just keep him. If you don't have him, probably don't buy him. Same goes for Barnett, I think. Um, he's sort of just steady as she goes at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Barnett had to play half the game at 5-8, so. Mm. Um, Bulldogs versus Storm, this should be a fun one. Um, <laughs> so they lose Nick Meany, DWZ comes back at fullback. Uh, mate, this uh, Tupelotu Katoa, what's he actually doing? How is this guy getting a run? Uh, does he have pictures of Baz lying around? <laughs> I reckon he might. Mate, I, I don't know. Like, this is legit. It's it's between him, Jason Saab, and Kapoa for the Titans, uh, for the Tigers, for the worst winger in the comp uh, at the moment. And that I just, you know, the thing is with these wingers that you need them to be doing those like dirty hit ups. And you know, you look at all the really good teams. The the wingers are an underrated position in terms of you know you look at the the top teams in the ladder and what do they have in common. And typically, they've got at least one really, really good, if not two, good wingers. Mm. And he's just—I don't know what's going on with him. And Kotrick's obviously had a rest for the first half of last week, and then scored <laughs> scored twenty-four in the second half. Um, it was nice to see him actually do something. Uh, I couldn't believe he was on zero at halftime. What a nightmare! 
Oh, no, I was tearing my hair out. You know, it was only a couple of weeks ago we were talking him up as a potential keeper center and, um, you know, he was doing these dirty kick returns uh, while playing center, getting these defensive stats, scoring mid-40s. And, yeah, he's come out and laid a couple of uh, mid-20 scores the last couple of weeks, a big duck egg in the first half of, uh, <laughs> of that Rabbitohs game. I was pretty yeah, surprised to see that he actually managed last week, even though we were complaining about how much he was running, that he managed to rack up 183 running metres. So, obviously, it's still kind of there, and he's doing the tackling. So he's averaging seven tackles a game, which is more than what he averages on the wing. He averages like three tackles on the wing. So he is getting those extra wing points and he's sort of running a bit. But just the demerits absolutely killed him last oh, week. The, yeah. the negative 18. He would have been on 42 without those demerits, which is sort of exactly where we want him. In a badly beaten side, that's a good score. Um, he's making he's to cut out the garbage. Yeah, he's making a lot of errors. Hey, like he's what got 10 errors in four games. That's pretty high for a center. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and like he didn't miss any tackles the first two weeks and he's ha- had eight missed tackles the past two weeks. So yeah, those demerits are really just chipping away at him, um, keeping his scores in those mid twenties instead of you know, where we expect him. But, um, I, I know you, that you're a frustrated owner along with me. What are you thinking? Are you thinking hold, sell? What are you thinking? Mate, well, the big thing with centers is sometimes center score in the mid twenties. Yep. Um, the thing that heartened me is the fact that he actually managed to rescue his score and get 24 points in a in a half of football to actually get himself back to something respectable. So, man, I'm not considering selling him at this point uh, just mm. purely because there's hardly any good centre options anyway. So I think I'm just going to hang on to him. Worst case scenario, he becomes my uh, 19th, 20th man and or whatever. Um, but I just try not to waste too many trades in the centre position because you're just chasing guys who've been scoring well the last couple of weeks, who maybe aren't going to. There's no guarantee they're not going to score 24 this week. Yeah, no, good point. Um, and, and move back to the wing. Like last week against the Rabbitohs, he got caught out quite often defensively playing centre. I, I think wing is probably his best position. Mm. Um, you know, he might not get though. He might, he's probably not going to get as many tackles playing on the wing, but, I mean, it should give him plenty of opportunity to, to bust tackles doing those kick returns. So hopefully there's something yeah. there. Yep. Uh, elsewhere in the team, obviously Luke Thompson comes back into the side and straight into the starting side. Josh Jackson obviously back from suspension as well. This is a much better looking pack than last week, but obviously they've been unlucky, the team that they come up against uh, to in terms of their confidence. Obviously Elliot had a bit of a down week, but we don't expect him to be a 60-plus point scorer every single week either. Yeah, no, exactly. You can't expect that from Adam Elliot every week, but... Yeah, um, if you've got him, keep holding him. I probably wouldn't be looking at buying him, uh, especially against Melbourne this week, though. No. Uh, elsewhere, I guess the other one is uh, had a bit of a look at look a look a look at Luke Thompson last night uh, yeah. in his games where he plays at least fifty minutes. He does average in the like about forty six in sixty minutes. If he can take over that. Jack Hetherington 60-minute role, and obviously he's got a bit more, um, he's got a full preseason and stuff in there. He's one to keep an eye on as a value buy in the mid-500s. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I know you're a uh, a Luke Thompson stan. You uh, had him last year, didn't you? You, uh, you, yeah. you love the big pom, don't you? Yeah, no, I, he did disappoint me last year, but I saw a couple of good signs from him. So I, I want to see him show me something this week. 
and then I'll uh, I'll have a look at him next week. So, mate, on the other side of the ball, obviously we got the real king, Ryan Pappenhausen, who put up the second highest score ever in NRL fantasy, 124 points, coming up against a not very good Bulldogs team. As a general rule, I don't captain guys with a number below eight on their back, but this is really testing my <laughs> patience with this. Yeah, I'm really considering it too, just because I'm coming up against a guy in a head-to-head this week who has Captain Cleary. Um, yeah. And I think the best way to potentially off- offset that, uh, like his like Cleary's huge ceiling is maybe with a Pappenhausen against the Bulldogs because you've got to think he's going to be in, involved in some try involvements again um, and probably mm. looking at it, probably looking at a, at least a decent floor. Like if he's not score actively scoring them himself, which I'd be surprised if he didn't, um, yeah, you'd have to think he's looking at it at a floor of around that forty to fifty mark at least. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I feel pretty comfortable he's going to score well. I might chicken out and shift back to Fafita or Crichton, but I'll see how I go come uh, Thursday afternoon. <laughs> uh, outside of that, obviously Munster put up a second great score in a row. If you have Munster, obviously keep holding him. I saw somebody like talking about trading him today. He's just scored two sixty plus games in a row. This is not the time to sell. No, yeah, keep holding, mate, keep holding. Another piece of good advice we gave everybody last week was to hang on to Christian Welch. Yeah, and banged out a, a 52 back to what we expected. Played his most minutes of the year as well, 59 minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah, just keep holding, I, I guess, until until their reserves or until their uh, injured players start coming back. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got Harry Grant lurking down there in number 21. So mm-hmm. we think maybe potentially he might even come back but not play just a full 80. He might play a 60 minutes, particularly not if they're like, I mean, they're, Storm are expected to win this game pretty comfortably. So they may not even risk him at all. Uh, but even if he does come back, he might come back via the bench or something like that. So I think maybe this might be the last week for Welch or potentially the second last week. Yep. Uh, definitely start coming up with a plan for what you're going to do with him. Um, what I about... Think, oh, you go. No, no. Are you got someone on the storm you want to talk about? No, I was going to move on to the next game. I just wanted to, before we moved on, I'd like, do we want to quickly touch on Jackson Toppany? Um, well, I guess the thing is, obviously, he got massive minutes last week at hooker because Lachlan Lewis got knocked out two minutes into the game. We're not expecting yeah. that to happen again, are we? And they get back an 80-minute lock and a probably 55 to 60-minute prop. Mm. Um, yeah, very tempting, though, to like to, for some people to consider him given the minus 11 break even. But oh, no doubt. Yeah, just, I don't know. I can't, you can't really sure what his role is going to be. Uh, I don't think he's a hooker. Like he, He's listed as an edge on NRL Fantasy. Uh, he wasn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he was particularly impressive as a hooker last week. He can obviously tackle a lot. But. His, his dummy half service was significantly below par. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say uh, if he gets a 10 this week off the bench, like 10 points, which is a, as a bench utility, that's within his range of outcomes, he'll make 20 grand this week and then start losing money. Yeah. So, so stay away. My suggestion is he is a trap and not a particularly enticing one. Uh, and Unless, say, Josh Jackson got injured for the season or something like that and they put him into a, a big minute role there. But he's just like there's so many guys that can play minutes like Hetherington, Thompson, Jackson. There might only be 
55, 60 minutes between those four bench players. Yeah. Yeah, it's not particularly enticing, is it? No. Yeah, that's. I guess that's why I sort of skipped over it. Um, but it's good, I guess, good to bring it up so that I can get that out there. <laughs> yeah, people, people don't get lured in by the, the huge break-even or the minus 11 break-even. Yeah, you think that, that Trapani being in the name would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the next game here, so that's the Roosters and the Sharks. Uh, Roosters pretty much unchanged from last week significantly. Obviously, Tupanua had a big regression in his average thanks to uh, getting knocked the hell out. So what are we, for somebody that owns Tupanua with Kiri gone and now the BE through the wall, through the roof, what are we, what are we thinking with him? How much did his price drop? What's he priced at currently? Uh, uh, so he dropped 30K. Mm. His total change is 90K increase, but his B is 61. I think you've got, to, you've got to consider why you bought him. Like if you bought him as a, you know, at the start of the year as a 460K guy thinking he was going to make some good money, then maybe look at moving him on to, you know, even a guy on this team, Victor Radley. Uh, but, you know, if you bought him thinking he was going to be a keeper, then or at least, you know, score low 50s. But he's going to be needing he's going to be needing tries because that's the type of guy he is. He needs those attacking stats. It probably helps him playing next to Sam Walker. You'd think a team that maybe has a better game strategy than the Warriors did might target Walker more, resulting in some more tackles for Tupanura. Walker, you know, is obviously, uh, you know, going to have some try involvements as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I think... If I had no other problems, I'd I might sell him. But if there's other fires in your team, I I just hold him for now. Yep. No, that's fair enough. I I I sort of don't really have a strong one way or the other about it. Mm. It's I a bit just, of a tough uh, one, a bit of a coin flip, really. I just sort of saw his name and and thought about it. Well, um, it, it sort of reminds me a bit of Tino. You know, like he could easily come out this week and score an eighty or a thirty. Yes. Yeah. But you sort of need those guys in your team. And mm. if you've already got Tino, being a Tino that we uh, sort of, I guess we glossed over the fact that he managed to put up 80 points without a try in the last game, which bringing his, bringing, brings his average back to the mid-40s. Uh, we sort of highlighted that he might be entering by territory, but he did play those inflated minutes with Fogarty being 30 minutes less, I think. Mm. I probably wouldn't be expecting that to continue He's gonna. He's he's not gonna play seventy minutes a game every every game. I don't think with that pack. Yeah. No. Agreed. Uh, elsewhere, obviously, in the Roosters, the Angus did very well and was all so close to a, a really big score, having a try disallowed there, but still managed to put up seventy, which you'll take as a our recommended captain for the non-Cleary owners. Uh, Taukiaho, a bit disappointing, and also Radley looked really good, but few demerits there but we might be able to put that down to being tired and and uh unfit yeah you know it was his first game in any year just give him a chance to get that match fitness under his belt i think you've got to be encouraged that he came out and he played 60 minutes in his first game back so like that's in that's very encouraging signs that he, he's going to have that role again um i'd i'd probably be considering buying this week but at the same time you can afford to wait a week you know because his break even is still in the low 40s so definitely no rush but if you're in need of a middle um a mid-range middle i'd definitely be considering him yep that's probably it for the roosters really i think if if you don't have sam walker get on board yeah choo choo trains leaving the station 
yeah, yep. he's uh, he, he looks like an absolute jet, doesn't he? He was pretty pretty good on debut, and he, and you got to expect that uh, he's going to be more involved as well as Robo starts to take the training wheels off. Yeah, absolutely. As he grows in confidence and grows in experience, he's only going to get better and better. Uh, Forty four was a really good start for him. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we got the Sharkies, who are probably doing better fantasy wise than what we'd expect with Kennedy doing really well. And Chad just absolutely blowing the doors off. But, um, mate, uh, obviously we can't expect that to continue. And we did highlight in our socials today that Johnson's nearing a return. Mm. You're a Chad owner. Is there any way that you imagined him being this good? (laughs) No, but, uh, I mean, it probably helped. He ran into a Cowboys team that didn't even look like they wanted to be on the park. Um, Yeah, he, he was incredible last week. He Got a million goals. He finally got his kicking boots on. Yeah, and a heap of try assists. It's, it's great as an owner. Uh, I definitely do not buy him. If you don't have him, don't buy him now because I saw like one or two people considering him. Um, but, yeah, I did not expect him to be averaging 57.5 after four rounds. But I'm just going to keep riding his price rises and flick him once uh, Johnson's back. Yep. Uh, that's really the only fantasy relevant thing from this dark side. Yeah. No, he's just put up 40 against this. Cowboys team. Yeah. Is uh is T Wilton any chance of keeping the core out or no? I don't think so. He hasn't really been that like I mean he's fantasy wise, he's a negative one break break even, so you gotta sort of look at him, I guess. But yeah, I the I would be leaning no. So mm. um yeah, and there's un- that's only one more week and then he's back. So that's uh I reckon we might move on. Yeah, let's go to uh the game of the <laughs> Game of the week here, your team. Sure. Um, I'm excited for it for a couple of reasons, though, and their names are Dane Laurie, Jacob Little, and uh, Luke Brooks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, so we got the Tigers and the Cowboys, and we got uh, Dane Laurie had a bit of a low game, but, you know, he's scoring really well. He's fine to keep in your 17. I'd be probably... I guess you, a lot of teams are going to be faced with decisions like uh, Dane Laurie. Or, so I've seen him on a lot of benches, say, with teams with like Pappenhausen, Teddy and Latrell, and then Laurie. If you had Laurie and like say Sam Walker, for example, who who would you be playing out of those two if you could only do one off your bench? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'd, it would depend on what I need for that given week. If I want a, a safe... Um, you know, score between, you know, 40s to low 50s, I'd go Walker because I know that he's going to be a very reliable scorer. He's going to be getting those base stats. He's going to be, you know, his low games are probably going to be in the high 30s to low 40s. Um, versus Laurie, he's a, bit, a little bit more like any fullback, you know, he's a bit more boom and bust. Um, I think third, this score we saw from him on the weekend is, you know, is what his lowest score of the year so far. Um, and he's got definitely, he's certainly got the attacking potential to bust out a huge score. So, I mean, if you want that boom or bust, I'd go Laurie. But if you want yep. a safe, consistent, you know, 45 to 50, I'd, I'd consider Walker. Cool. Uh, outside of that, obviously, we've had Kapoa drop out, which I'm not surprised about, with uh, Talao shifting to the wing and by it center and Cheekam onto the bench, which is probably, I'd say, uh, at the moment, with who they've got fit, this tiger, this might be the best tiger side that they could name. Mm. Uh, obviously, I'm expecting Bloor to come back in and 
take over Luke Garner. But uh, Jacob, little sellers have to be uh, kicking themselves at the moment. Yeah, this is an outstanding bench for anyone that held on to him. Um, I mean, we got us little owners. We needed him to score a try to get his price moving, and he did exactly that. Managed to you know get a low 50 score, get his break even back down, keep his price moving. And now you've been rewarded by keeping the faith with no bench hooker. Um, you know, we I know you mentioned there's the you know, outside possibility that maybe Cheekamp comes on, plays center, and by moves to hooker. Um, but oh, I, I don't know if that's a yeah, I don't know. I think that's more break glass in case of emergency sort of scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if Little plays the whole game or at least 60 minutes here. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty comfortable that he's going to play more than likely 80, if not sort of 65, 70. Mm. Uh, particularly when he's – I don't think he's going to be asked to do a massive, massive amount of defense, and he is an attacking hooker. Uh, his break-even's now 13. If he manages to even just put up another 50, his break-even's going to still be in the teens next week. Um, this is a classic example of why you don't prematurely sell players. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you went little to Walker, it only cost you nine points and you put 200K in your bank. But, I mean, you know, he's a very reliable scorer here. So, mate, uh, <laughs> the opposite of reliable scorers, though, evidently, Alex Twal. Yeah, that was a, a, a bit disappointing, wasn't it? Because he was uh, firing in the first half, but... I guess they just didn't need him in the second half. They didn't uh, want what he offers, which is that, you know, just plotter, take it up, tackle bot sort of player um, when they're chasing 20 points. But, mm. yeah, it certainly gets his price moving in the wrong direction and gets him potentially on the watch list. I was going to say, it doesn't look like the wrong direction to me. Yeah, right direction for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel kind of bad for people that own him, though. I, if you own him, is he a sell? Oh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I mean... Look at the opposition they're up against this week. There's a chance he'll play 60 minutes because they're up by. They, know, they weren't needing points. to protect a lead. Yeah, exactly. Because um, he like he's, he played 59 minutes week one, 50 minutes round two, 70 minutes in round three, and 31 minutes last week. I definitely wouldn't be selling him. Did you see my uh, stat that I put up today about the the splits between when he was on the field and off the field though? No, I didn't. What were what? Tell me. So it was 16 nil. Um, technically speaking, uh, Dane Laurie went over for the try sort of as he subbed off. And then, so it would have been 16-6 to the Eels. And then West Tigers actually won the time that he was off the field had it not been for that like last second try to Fergo. <laughs> so, so he actually cost them 10 points for being a defensive lock while he was on the field. And then... West Tigers actually beat Para in the time that he was off the field outside of that last second try. So maybe uh, I really hope that Madge doesn't see that because he's, if he's, if the reason he's in the team is defense and he's costing the team points, there's a really good player there called Stefano Utokamanu who really looks like he wants to get a starting jersey. And I'd love to see that. Two meat pies in two weeks, got his price, price moving really well in the right direction. So... Yeah, you got to be happy with that. Um, yeah. two, two big pies out of nowhere that's going to get his price moving very quickly. Yeah, we got a bit lucky with him moving that fast. Uh, mm. Hopefully he can churn out another 50, 60K before Bloor comes back and be a nice little cash down, 170, 180K cash cow type of thing. Yeah, that'd be I'd nice, love, wouldn't it? 
I'd love to see him take a starting jersey off someone like a Musgrove or, or something, though. But he's sort of doing a really good job off the bench, so I don't know why they'd change his role. Mm. Yeah, I'm spending a lot of the time on the Tigers because I don't really want to talk about the Cowboys. You haven't even uh, you haven't even touched on your man that you spent all weekend cursing on social oh, media. Oh, my God. Like wearing number seven. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, fun fact about Luke Brooks, uh, he got the same amount of try assists on the weekend than what he did in the entire 2020 season. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so three try assists. Um, so he's he, he should be on... Had he not been robbed that one the week before, he would have been double the amount of try assists he got in the entire last season and four, across four games this year. So he's definitely doing better. His base is pretty good. The kick meters are a little bit low, but, I mean, when we looked at his projections we were only putting him as a floor of 150 kick meters so sometimes he is going to kick a bit lower um dewey was having a bit of luck with those bombs that apparently were uncatchable to blake ferguson so i mean he's got an opportunity in this game against the cowboys to run a lot more and create some more tries i would suggest uh, and then obviously he's going to run into the rabbitos but then after that he gets manly and and then the Dragons, who may or may not still be playing well at that point. So realistically, it's one to three weeks for Brooks, hmm. depending on how many points he puts on this week, I think. Yeah, it sort of sounds like you're in two minds, and like honestly, I can't blame you because it didn't look like he was going <laughs> to score very well on the weekend, but then got uh, that one big attacking play where it really helped boost his score. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely hold him this week. If you've got him, you got to hold him against the Cowboys. But yeah, yeah it's probably uh, one to look at upgrading in a, in a couple of weeks, especially you know with Moses maybe getting a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm looking for is here with a break even a 39. I'm really looking for like a 50, 60 something in that range. That'll make me sell him after this week. If he goes 75, 80 plus, I'll probably. Need- ride him through the next two because uh, his B will be high enough. As soon as it hits the 40s, I'm sort of not really interested. And I guess we'll just tackle this question here on t- Twitter now from Mr. Smith uh, about Brooks. Is he a buy at 600K? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely don't no. buy him at 600K. There are there are better options around. I mean, like if you've got uh, – like if you need a half, like, I'd just get Sullivan. I, you know. Yeah, you got O'Sullivan, you got Walker, you got Reynolds, you got Moses, yeah, and you exactly. got Schuster. You shouldn't need any other halves other than those five unless you got Cleary. Yep. Um, if you're looking for somebody in that price range specifically to buy, Radley. I'll, yeah, Radley's only what five forty or something, isn't he? He's five five eighteen. Oh, bargain! Yeah, so yeah, yeah definitely Radley. I'd probably buy. Tino before I bought him. Maybe. <laughs> You're very confident with that Tino. No. Um, yeah, no, I think just go go all the way down to somebody much cheaper would be my suggestion. Um, I think we're good for the Tigers. So moving across to the Cowboys, uh, Ben Condon didn't have a very good fantasy score, but it was sort of hard to work out whether he played bad or good because their entire team was terrible. Mm. Uh, but they welcome back Tom Lolo this week, which is uh, obviously a big in for them. Yeah, definitely should make a huge difference. Um, I mean, again, just, I think he's just a wait and see. I wouldn't be rushing him into the team by any means. 
Um, well, I mean, uh, I know Ben Connor didn't do too well, but Shane Wright scored quite well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I guess he's a tackling sort of guy and um, they were defending a lot. So uh, I, I can't say I'm particularly surprised. Mm. I don't know if I feel comfortable putting him in the buy bracket with 50 tackles as an edge back rower. Obviously, that's not something that's normal. Normally, it's 35 to 40 for a, a lot. Like, that's a 35 to 40 is a, a, a fairly hefty defensive workload usually. Yeah, and he's never really been, um, you know, that guy. Like, he's always, like, in his 80-minute second-row roles, he's always sort of been that uh, mid-40s type of guy. Like, he had four 80-minute starts last year um, for an average of 42 and a half. In 2019, he had a few more starts, again, 42 and a half. Um, so if you, had yeah. to and, if you had to try and project him, do you reckon you'd put him at 42 and a half? Yeah, I, th- I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even looking at his stats, and they're basically the same as what we saw from his game against the Sharks, where he has those 50 to 60-point games when he's getting 45 tackles plus, um, and then he'll put up a 36 when he only gets, like, 35 tackles, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, but the question for me here, like, where you're the Cowboys, man. Where's um, What's happened with Mitch Dunn? Like, who, is, is he going to displace uh, either of these two at some point? It sounded to me like... I listened, so I listened to Todd Payton's interview last week after the teams were announced and they were talking to him about the changes and he said Ben Condon was there and he was going to get minutes because of Dunn's foot injury and Shane Wright was there to simplify Cohen Hess's role is the way that he explained it, which would incline me to believe that Condon's going to be the one that drops out, not Wright. So, right, so uh, don't buy Condon all right. Is, uh, yeah, that would be it. my professional uh, advice would be if you look at the player's profile and it's got their name and then it's got the price and then underneath that it's got the word Cowboys, <laughs> just pick somebody else. That would be my suggestion. Um, <sighs> Valentine Holmes. Is somebody like with Clifford out of the team, Holmes has taken the goal kicking. The question is, is that going to add any points at all for Holmes in most weeks? But he's got three scores of 45 plus in a row now. Um, he's got tries in two of those games, but he scores tries. Yeah, exactly. Like for him to manage a 50 uh... in, that, in that game. Yeah, that's inc- that's actually outstanding. Even with a try, like that's outstanding. You know, he had 180 run meters and six tackle busts. Um, yeah, again for mine, he, he looks like a buy. Like he's 500k break even at 25. Even in that awful side, um, he's a buy. I think you know the next in their next five opponents, they've got the Tigers, Canterbury, the Warriors, and the Broncos. Like it's hardly murderers row. Yeah. Okay, so I, here's, I, I, here's I, a question so. for you then: If you were look, if you were the the guy who was looking at Brooks. 100k less, take Holmes and plug him in your bench? I mean, it, no, I don't know about that. Like, if I'd probably rather Radley if I needed someone for my bench just for team composition, I guess. But, like, if you needed a wing fullback, um, I'd definitely consider it. Like, say you, you you went for Cleary and you couldn't afford a Tedesco or a Pappenhausen, um, like, he'd be the perfect guy to, to round out your, your bench. Uh, oh, sorry, to round out your wing fullback, I think. Based on the idea that Dane Laurie is probably not a keeper, though, Mm. and Holmes could be as a 50-plus point goal kicker. Yeah. Could you do that and then wait for Laurie to max out and then... Yeah, 
Yeah, no, no, that's uh, it's definitely a strategy because I mean, I mean, it really depends on how Laurie goes attacking wise to when he's going to peak. But because like he's only scored the one try, he scored the one try on the weekend, and it was I think it was only an eight point try, but it was his lowest score of the year with the try. So if he has one of his uh, one of his more attacking games where he, you know we saw him put up high forties to a fifty. Um, without tries, if he's if he's adding tries on top of that, there's every chance that Laurie's price rises could, could tick on for a while yet. Oh no doubt. I guess my my point is he's probably not a keeper, whereas we've got a bit of history on Holmes that he could be. So there's no reason why you can't have those extra guys in in your team. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like at the moment I'm running about 93 halves. Uh, so you know it's sort of just get your best player available and just what you believe about Radley and what you believe about Holmes. I think it's entirely possible that Holmes averages more points than Radley this year and he's cheaper and in a tougher position. Um, I don't think Radley's a final team player, whereas Holmes very much could be. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But, like, also you've got to consider, like, if you've got, like, this Pappenhausen, Tedesco, Ponga, like, I don't know, is, is uh, like, I'm sort of maybe thinking Val a little bit like Luttrell at the start of the year. You know, like Luttrell was, what, like 490 at the start of the year mm. um, and he's averaging 50 currently. Yeah. Uh, like certainly doesn't look like a keeper, but you, you're happy if you've got him. Like do you think Valley at like say a 51, 52 average is, is a keeper? Well, he might be depending on how much cash there is come the end of the season. But, mm. you know, Val up to a home, uh, to a Ponga is only a sort of a 10-point upgrade. It's just worth having a look at, just depending on on what's there. That's all. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to come up with an excuse for somebody to have at least one Cowboys player. <laughs> well, I mean, if there was one you were going to have, it would uh, it would probably be Valentine. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm uh, definitely going to plug Lolo into my uh, keep an eye out book, particularly if they manage to get rid of Cyclops. Yeah, <laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so annoying, man. You know what? I cannot stand somebody playing poorly and then coming out and being like, oh, we just need to harden up. It's like, no, you need to harden up. <laughs> he's, such a in the game. he's such a liability in defense too. Like, he's just he terrible. is. Yeah, he's t- mate, he's terrible. I don't want to get started on it. I, I know people love my Cowboys rants. I'm, I, I, I want to do it for you guys, but I feel like it's going to get repetitive if I do it every single week. Because <laughs> they're going to get uh, what, they're gonna have 40 put on them just about every week, aren't they? Oh, mate. <laughs> Probably. They just got to sort it out. That's it. Like, just clean it out. You know, let, sell Jake Granville to Manly for like 20 bucks. And mind you, he actually, was. It, is it funny to say that he actually was okay at centre? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best centre that we've had for about five years. <laughs> Oh God! What oh. about uh, what about the hamster? I saw a few people jumped on the hamster, and he, yeah. you managed to put out a twenty-eight at, for at, a cash uh, out. Yeah, but, he, but his his break even was eighteen, so he made his ten points in a in a drubbing. Um, he's obviously going to get some kick meters and defense and stuff like that. There, I just I can't feel like, confident that he's going to hold that spot the entire year. So, I uh, I certainly wouldn't be jumping on if you got him. I think just pray for mid thirties at this point and let him let him sit there in your emergencies, but. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'm not excited about it. I'm probably yeah, you, you got to excited wonder. about him and Avarillo. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. I think. Oh, like you just got to at least Hampton gets more kick meters than what Avarillo gets, but you really got to worry about Hampton's job security in a team that you know they've they've copped a, a couple of forty point drubbings now. Like how long? Um, how long will he stay? I know your man 
Peyton doesn't like to make changes though. So, oh mate, he's after after last week. I'm surprised he even brought Lolo back, considering how well they played. <laughs> no, you think he's have to go into Reggie's and play his way back into the team after that fantastic performance that they put up? <laughs> Could you imagine Lolo playing for the Blackhawks? <laughs> <laughs> I do it as a meme. It's like, yeah, this is the only team that's a chance of winning a game this year. So, <laughs> we're going to put him in the Blackhawks. Oh God, make yeah. it happen for match fitness. I think it'd be. La- I think it'd be a great laugh. Um, all right, I guess we will move on to the last game of the week, which is Eels and Dragons, which is the uh, Daniel Alvaro revenge game. Yes. Uh, so Moses uh, broke his sixty-seven sc- streak with a sixty-four. Uh, mm. Still quite good. So he's averaging sixty-six across the games where he's managed to actually finish the eighty minutes, which is looking really good. And that, thanks to that HIA, he's extremely cheap this week. And he actually is our buy of the week this week, even though I don't think I'm going to get him unless Fogarty is a late out. And um, midweek Ryan's not buying him, but I think uh, weekend Ryan <laughs> weekend Ryan could be tempted. Yeah, the uh, weekend Ryan, after he's had maybe two or three beers and he, he's feeling impulsive, he, he might buy Moses. But, like, I, I really – oh, God. Like, I know – I should hold Fogarty, but oh, it's just so tempting to buy Moses. I really want to do it, Mark. I want to do it. I want yeah. to do it. I probably think there's a five-point upgrade there, but you're paying 108k for five points. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. I think I think in the short term, there, there could be about 10 points worth of value there given the soft schedule that Parramatta has um, from now until their first yep. bye week. No doubt. Yeah, if you got another guy there, so let's say you're one of these people that has Carrigan, uh, which I have seen a number of teams with Carrigan in there, uh, definitely Moses would be a target for me for sure uh, this week. So either him or McCulloch would be the two that I'd be looking at in that spot. Mate, Nathan Brown, what's happened to him? Yeah, he's not quite uh, he's not quite twill levels, is he? But he's, he's sort of just, I don't know, his PPM just uh, isn't what we – Expect from him, I suppose. Um, he's been space jammed. Yeah, he has. Well, I don't know, like a PPM of 0.8, that's uh, way lower than what we'd expect. Averaging 48 in, what, 58-minute average? In Mate, well, the, the thing is, if you actually look at his scoring, it's not that far off the PPM. The thing is, he normally plays 65, 70 minutes. Well, they got Paulo and RCG both playing big minutes, so mm. I think probably that's had an impact on it, and that's not going to get improved at all with Ryan Madison coming back and him coming onto the bench and uh, the king of the missed tackle, Bryce Cartwright, also finding his way onto the bench. Oh, yeah. But as well, their their bench uh, players outside of when when they've been fully fit with Madison in the team, like outside of Isaiah Papali'i, like no one on that bench has really been playing big minutes. Like Oregon Kabusi maybe getting like 25 to 30, but then outside of that, the others are lucky to hit the field for 10 minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit disappointing. Um, I think I'm just avoiding everybody in that Parramatta forward pack not named Ryan Madison once he bottoms out. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. How is Sean Lane still in this side? Could probably in. Yeah, Sean Lane could definitely play that mid-role as well. Yeah. Um, I guess outside of that, shifting over to the – oh, Reed Marnie. He's still uh, going pretty well, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's still a gun, isn't he? So, <laughs> pumped out of 70. Um, yeah, maybe he's just a keeper this year. Like, he's improved his game, added mm-hmm. extra dimensions. He's not just this, um, you know, short little tubby bloke that passes like, passes balls forward out of dummy half anymore. 
Mate, well, if Jaden Rowley can do it. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, maybe it's just the year of the hooker. Yeah. Um, uh, outside of that, we've got, uh, for the Dragons, Adam Clune had a pretty good game, but we're expecting Hunt back in a couple of weeks. Certainly don't want to be mucking around with him. Uh, Willie Army goes back to the bench, which is really good for Alvaro. Uh, and I guess anyone that's got Marin, I think Marin actually is a higher ownership than Alvaro is. Really? Oh, oh no, Marin's only 1.5%. Hang on, I'm on crack. Yeah, I'm on crack. Never mind. Um, McCulloch had another really good game as well, 63 or something this week. So um, he's just ticking along as per program, what we thought. Yeah, as we thought. His, uh, his kicking game was a little bit off, though, in this game against the Knights. He had a couple of uh, just really... Yeah, like little shank, like 20-meter kicks. Um, yeah, that weren't too good. But normally he's, he's on point with his kicking out of dummy half. Hopefully he rectifies that this week. Yeah, so he's kicking a bit like how I play golf. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. I think that pretty much wraps us up. Obviously, Alvaro's ticking along. He's boosted his price nicely there with that uh, 17, so that's going to help. Boy, my own is still ticking along as well. Yeah. He, he, should, he should probably see another... 10 minutes as well with Willie Army on the bench because when he came back for his second stint, he went off with 10 to go because of um, Jackson Ford. Like, I, I guess um, Hook just thought he had to get Ford on the field for a little bit of time. But, um, yep. yeah, definitely hold on to Floyd Mayona as well. Yep. All right. Uh, jumping on to the socials to get the uh, the questions in there. So um, when do we expect Verrill's back? Uh, I think he's like round 10, round 11 now, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah, who knows? I, I expected him back in round two, mate. Um, oh, round three, mm. sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it just keeps on getting pushed back, but hopefully soon, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. What's? Um, I'll have a quick look at the casualty ward. on. I think it's about, about then. It was six weeks on top of the original. Yeah, they've got him listed as between round eight and ten. So Okay, uh, about the same gone. time frame as, as Sean Bloor. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for uh, those of us who prematurely bought him that he's uh, he's back round eight. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, thoughts on Adam Pompey? Yeah, I, I had a quick look at him today. Um, he's he's interesting, but he's also I don't know. Like he's, he's about four hundred fifty k now. He's been scoring not terribly, but he also has in his three games he has. Uh, a try in all three games, and yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess the answer to the question is uh, if he normally averages about thirty and he's randomly averaging forty-one across three games, mm. uh, that more than likely tells me that he's going to go back to what he was doing before. I mean, he could keep going well, but four hundred and fifty k for a center is kind of a lot. And I think if you got Neu and Momorowski or something like that, I'd probably just keep rolling them out until uh, they become not able to be rolled out. Yeah. And just spend money in another position that isn't centre. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I'd probably, if he was like 100K less or even like 70K less, I'd, I'd have, a, a, you know, a dice roll on him. But yeah, at 440, you probably don't want to be mucking around with him, especially with three tries in three games and hasn't cracked a 50. No, I, I actually maybe find Tommy Talau more interesting if you're looking for mm. somebody cheap, like 325K if you really need a centre. He um, scored pretty well on the wing last year, which is where he's back again now. So definitely one, or even James Roberts uh, averaging 31 with a 37. He done, did he even score a try again, did he either? 
No, he didn't. No, but he's still he's he's finally back to what, sort of what we expected from him, like that mid thirties without a try sort of guy. Mate, Jared Croker's price is going through the floor. Jack Bird's cheap. I just yeah, I wouldn't. There's plenty of other places to have a gamble if you really want to have one than Pompey. I think. Mm-hmm. What are our thoughts on Luke Thompson and Radley? I think we covered both of them. Uh, Lenny holding or trading to O'Sullivan. Uh, what's Lenu priced at currently? Um, it's kind of treading water a little bit now, I think. Yeah, I know he scored like a high 20s the other day. Break even at 22 now. Um, priced at 376. He hasn't really kicked on, I guess, uh, like we thought he might, given what we saw from him um, in the first early rounds. Hey, um, I mean, I, 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 consider mean, I it. think that's a good, good trade. I yeah. think that's sort of 15 points per week increase plus better cash making. Yeah, because his minutes have gone back. Like, he had 38 minutes in round one, and then since then he hasn't touched 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, I'd agree. I'd probably pull the trigger on uh, on that trade. Yep. Uh, have 330K in the bank, looking to upgrade Alvaro to a keeper this week, but also thinking about trading Simmonson to Brian Kelly so I can put Neo in the emergencies. Do you think Kelly and Radley are good options? Uh, any alternatives you can think of with 998K? guess that must be including Alvaro and Simonson. I mean, I, I'd recommend not trading Alvaro yet, um, yeah. but, like, uh, you can hold off on Radley. Like, if you want to – if you're desperate to uh, move on Simonson so you don't have to play new, um, new then maybe if you can do it in one trade, like he said – I don't know, would you consider that Simonson to Kelly in one trade and just hold the other one? Or? Mate, my suggestion to you – and I'm just looking up the stats before I give this suggestion to you so I can make sure that I'm not giving you the bum steer. <laughs> You're known for that. I have been known to give the bum steer. Um, I would have a look at potentially going Tommy Talau from Simerson. Okay. Yeah. Um, he managed to put up zero in 80 minutes against the Panthers, but that was like the Panthers last year while they're on their absolute tear. But outside of that, you know, 39, 44, 32, 19's not that good, 43, 49, 31, and 16. Like, it's pretty good scoring. It's probably pretty similar to what you're going to get from Kelly, except it's 100K less. He's got the dual position. He might end up as a final team sort of cover in either side guy, potentially. Um, I guess the, obviously the downside is if he just drops out altogether. Um, I mean, you could also look at a guy like Jack Bird uh, for a hundred k less than what you're paying for Kelly. Yeah, I think I'd probably have more confidence in James Roberts or Jack Bird over Tommy Talau. Um, I mean, like Talau, he is a centre Talau. I think, um, like, yeah, he did like because I owned him last year when he was on the wing as a cash cow and. You know, he, he was, I mean, I know wingers are try-dependent. He was scoring a lot of tries, but that said, he also didn't play that well, I don't think. Like, he got dropped for Kapoa um, once or twice as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there are worse options, but, but I, I think I'd probably lean to Jack Bird. Yeah, I reckon that's the go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just hold Alvaro, man. Just keep that money an extra week, I think, and and save a trade uh, mm. would be my suggestion unless you're sort of really, really desperate. Because, like, uh, Radley's break-even is still in the low 40s. He's not going anywhere, you know. Like, he's still going to be there next week. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, is it a good time to trade Latrell for Ponga? 
Ooh, I mean, if you can do it in one trade, I suppose. But, um, I mean, that said, the Bunnies have the Broncos this week. There's every chance he's got more try involvements under his belt. But, yeah, I mean, if you can – I don't know. I actually think I'd probably wait a week, to be honest. Um, just mm. wait and see what Ponga gets and just take your, your 40 from Latrell with the upside there that maybe he does something good against the Broncos. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I guess the other question is, is it time to trade Latrell to Valentine Holmes and bank the 80K? <laughs> it's, also no. a good, it's also a decent possibility. Yeah, no, don't do that. But if if it, if it starts going like like again, like if Latrell gets two try assists and a try and 45, like he can do, and Holmes does another 50 in a team that sucks, uh, it might be worth having a look at. Uh, is Takiyaho a hold? Have 308k in the bank already made five trades this season. Yeah, this is a tough one because we're both Takiyaho owners. Um, and he, unfortunately, he just doesn't look like the keeper that we are expecting. Um, and, it, and it's really disappointing because he should be, you know, like based off his historical PPM, he's got the big minute role, he's got the goal kicking, like everything's there for him to be averaging high 50s. Um, and he's really just plodding along, isn't he? He hasn't really kicked on like we thought he was. But that said, like if you've got if you've got no other problems in your team, then okay, maybe you can consider moving him on because you know he's. Um, but that said, he's averaging fifty one. He's not playing Origin. Like oh, I don't think it's uh, it's desperate sell times just yet. Um, yeah. Now, if it was me, I'm holding and I'm waiting for the next couple of weeks for Haas to bottom out, and then if he still isn't scoring very well, I'm upgrading to Haas. Um, but he might – my general rule of thumb is if you've got a player projected at something and everything's right and they're just not getting this, that score, uh, it typically means that they've just strung a couple of their low games together and they're due for a big one. Um, and I'm probably not in the business of trading people out after a couple of low games within their range of outcomes to miss out on the big ones that are coming. Yeah, and, and honestly, like that game from Takiyaho we saw against the Warriors is probably one of the worst we'll see him all year. Like he was uh, just yeah missing tackles and making a million errors and managed to actually salvage his score in that second half because uh, with his second stint, he, he managed to get to a respectable 40 when I think he was in the teens when he first came off. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd hold, I think. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I think just hold on to him, wait and see what happens with Haas, Lolo, a couple of the, Madison, these other guys. Uh, he's got the luxury of just sort of plodding around that same price and then if he still doesn't kick on, move him on to an underpriced elite gun at that point. Torhu, now under 800K, uh, also looking at Fafida and Pappenhausen um, for Twal. Uh, if you buy Torhu or Pappenhausen, you can do it in one trade. If you get Fafita, it needs to be two trades. But if you go Pappenhausen, it leaves the mids weak. Well, yeah, I mean, you were the one that was signaling the uh, the buy siren Fafita, like this is your last chance, get him in. Um, mm. oh, I mean, what do you think about this? Would you would you spend two trades to get Fafita in? Um, depending on what the other trade is, my preference is to go Fafita. Uh, okay. However. Yep. If it's a trade that you shouldn't be making, I'm fine with you going for Torhu. Mm. But if you're going to go Torhu, why don't you just go Mitch Barnett for 80K less? Mm. 
Do you, do you think uh, Barnett's going to keep up those keeper scores? Um, you have to think the goal kicking is going to disappear now with uh, mm. back too. This is true. Yeah, it's kind of a hard one. Um, I'd kind of be inclined to hang on to 12 for the week and see what happens. So would I, to be honest. I'd probably hold on to 12. Um, mm. You've got to think he's going to play more than 30 minutes uh, most weeks, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, I think this was a very specific situation where they got out to a, a big lead. And as as we sort of highlighted, they've got two pretty comfortable games over the next three weeks. So, I mean, certainly something where you can hold on to 12, see what happens this week, and then maybe look at making a move next week. I realise that's probably going to eliminate Fafida and Pappenhausen from your options. Um, but in the interest of saving a trade and potentially keeping a keeper, uh, I think it's probably worth that one week. That might be bad advice, though. <laughs> so what you're saying is you don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you are de- if you're absolutely dead set on selling Twile. Yeah, if you don't think Twile's a keeper. If you don't if think you know, Twile's a keeper. If you don't think Twile's a keeper, I would say maybe do Tohu for the cover, no state of origin um, now that I say that. But, yeah, I'm, if it was my team, I'm probably um, really angry and hanging on to Twile. Basically, us with Takiyaho and Fogarty. Yeah, and Fogarty. Yeah, and Luke Brooks. This is holding them out of rage. <laughs> you hate looking at their faces, but you know holding's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, is Lenny to Momorowski a good trade? Have no centre wing fullback with Avarillo out. Neo and Roberts in the centres would be moving Neo to the emergencies for cover. Well, Avarillo's back. I like that. I like it anyway. Yeah, no, so do I. Like, Momorowski is looking like a keeper the way he's playing and in a team with so much attacking prowess as well. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah, and then obviously you can look at something like Avrilo to Sam Walker or something like that with your other trade potentially or hanging on to Avrilo and see if he pulls his finger out. Um, if Fogg's named, which has happened uh, for this week, would you hold him, want to get Moses or Ghost Man? <laughs> Man. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think we, we spoke about this. Do you reckon um, we should start calling Nathan Cleary Bruce Willis? <laughs> Do you reckon people would get it? Well, everybody think, that listens think, to the pod would get it. Yeah, everyone that listens to this podcast would understand it. Um, All right. From now on, we're never going to say the words Nathan Cleary ever again. We're only going to refer to him as Bruce Willis <laughs> and people have to work it out. Um, um, all right, so uh, it, are, we, are we trading Fogarty for Moses or Bruce Willis? Okay, um, I would, I mean, oh, it depends if you can do it in one trade or not. Like if you can go Fogarty to Moses in one trade, which is something that I've got the possibility to do this week. Me too. Uh, yeah, uh, like we spoke about this earlier. We both think if, assuming he's kicking, the smart play is to hold, but... Sometimes yeah. the fun, sometimes the fun plays better. If if you're looking at Jamal Fogarty's face and it makes you want to throw your phone through the wall, like mine, like what I did over the weekend, I wanted to throw it through the wall every time I looked at my app and I was like, "This, yeah." Then, um, yeah, I don't hate it, but both Ryan and I at this point are holding in the exact same situation until about two fifty-five p.m. on Saturday, and then I'll trade. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, what do we think about Takioho to Radley to allow Fogarty to Cleary? I mean, Bruce Willis. I, to, to Bruce, um, 
honestly, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't that's, hate it. that is word for word. I said, oh, man, I don't hate that. <laughs> is the comment that I said. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd strongly consider it, to be honest. Like, that's a – like, I, the way Takiyaho has been scoring, I don't think it's um, a downgrade to Radley at all. I think it's – scoring-wise, it's probably sideways, but you're banking 150K and then, yeah, if Fogarty Cleary – Probably a hundred point upgrade based on the ghosts. Yep. <laughs> I see dead people. All right. Uh, we are looking at uh, Luai and Alvaro to Cleary and Ryan Sutton. I think just do the first half of that. Yeah. Luai and Alvaro. Luai to. Wait. Sorry. What was the first half of the trade? Luai to Cleary and then okay. Alvaro to Ryan Sutton. Oh, wow. How much money do you have? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just low out of Cleary, mate. Just pull the trigger. Yeah, and the other trade that he's doing instead is Takiaho to Crichton. Oh, that's a uh, yeah. I mean, that's a what probably a fifteen point upgrade there. Yeah, yeah. So I like that Takiaho and Luai out for Cleary and Crichton. I don't know why that took so long to get those two players. <laughs> <laughs> Fogarty and I still have Hopawati. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> is that Pickery? Yeah, it is. Somebody wants to get yeah. How bad's Hopperwadi been? But I guess you have to expect that in a team that can't score a bloody point. But that's um, never been an issue for him before. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, he's only averaging twenty-seven this year, three hundred seventy-four k. Trade him to James Roberts and bank the thirty grand. Yeah, or, or Jack Bird if you feel unlucky, maybe. Um, or hell, like if you've just got. Oh, to be honest, I got no better suggestions in that price range. There's not a whole lot getting around. Um, Tom Opacek's Tom pretty close. Three ninety five. Oh, no, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, um, yeah I'm pretty sure he's. What, didn't he score two tries for that forty two as well? Mm, yeah, but he was doing pretty well before that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was getting thirties without tries, I guess. But yeah, um, I think what you said, J- James Roberts. I yeah, actually, yeah. I just I just saw the Dragons are playing the Eels this week. Maybe don't get Jack Bird. Yeah, I like it. Or if you really want to make some money, you could just go down to Ben Hampton. Yeah, get the hamster. <laughs> you won't do it. You're scared. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I'm just going to check everything, make sure I haven't missed anybody. I think that's everyone. Sorry if I've missed your question. Got a bunch of questions coming in, people inboxing us instead of putting it on the trade thread. So here's your lesson. If you send it to us via inbox, you don't get it put on the podcast. Send it on, put it on the trade thread or on the um, teamless Tuesday podcast recording post. All right, I reckon that'll do us. What do you What do you reckon? Yeah, no, another episode of the uh, Chad Tanzan Appreciation Podcast in the books. Yeah, we. Uh, I noticed in our overall league today, uh, we've got one of our pretty active uh, guys who talks to us a fair bit on Twitter is currently sitting in seventh overall, uh, Charles. Okay. So shout out to Charles, doing a really good job. He managed to squeeze the two best halves in the game in being Chad and Bruce Willis, so uh, he's doing really well. It's not Pommy Charles, is it? Who's that? Is, that, is it a uh, different Charles? No, I think it's a different Charles. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, sitting first now overall. Like, whoa. Yeah, just killing it, isn't he? Yeah, doing in seventh, uh, averaging 1,017 points per game, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, I haven't done that once, so <laughs> good job, Charles. Um, also, I, Charles, if you're listening, you're actually taking over the podcast next week because you're way I, better than us. I feel better knowing that uh, the goat Charles here has Sam Beryl's in his team as well. It makes me feel oh. like I'm doing something right. 
Yeah, it means you're on the right track, mate. If Charles is doing it, it must be good. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm going to go uh, make some nachos for my girlfriend, mm. who I'm assuming is very angry at me for taking 85 minutes to record my podcast. Mate, that's short for us. That's, uh, that's a is. good effort. It's a quick uh, one. Yeah, no, everyone out there, um, make sure you give us a follow on, you know, all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Oh, and go and, go and feed it to that dude on TikTok that uh, was trash-talking Sam Walker. Yeah, I'm getting in some petty wars on uh, on TikTok. So. <laughs> if, if you shit-chat one of our recommendations and then the player ends up going really good, you can expect to be called out on TikTok by Ryan. You're going to get a reply video that just yeah. absolutely roasts you. It's, it's like our version of a diss track. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good weekend of footy and we'll uh, talk to you next week.